Take TPV Radio with you 24-7. Just download Live 365 app from your Apple or Google Play Store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or www.tpvradionetwork.com. Walk with us, family. Let's go! It's the two-time Stellar Award considered, Spin Award nominated. You're listening to The Voice. To The Voice. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Hey, what's good, family? This is Joe Kia, and you're listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let us go. Great day, everyone. This is Dolores Williams, and I want to personally invite you to Divine Connections Magazine 11th Anniversary Expo, Saturday, September 11th at Beyond Measure Ministries, 904 East Main Street in Hall River, North Carolina from 12 to 5. Gospel groups, praise dance, vendors, fashion show, mind, food trucks will be there, and our special guest will be featured, Titus Little Blair and the fantastic volunteers from Detroit, Michigan. Get your ticket now. Only $12. DivineConnectionsMagazine.com What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Mondays, conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m. Tuesdays, victory over the waste of life with author Deanne Lebrin at 6 p.m. Wednesdays, Illuminating Word Ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach at 6 p.m. Fridays, the exclusive interview with yours truly, the Psalmist Voice, by appointment only. Saturdays. It's Saturday's Refet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m., followed by The Locker Room with Coach D at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. with the Familia. Catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. Also, Live 365, tune in and all of our podcasts social media platforms. Walk with us in relationship, purpose, and promise. And let's go! You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Titus Showers, and you are listening to the Summit Voice Radio Network with the one and only D Summit as the amazing host. And I advise you to walk with me, my family. Let's go. It's your boy. God bless you.
It's time for the locker room with Coach D right now on TPV Radio. Radio. What's up, men of purpose? It is July the 24th, and you have tuned in to another episode of the locker room. So come on in, gather around. Take a knee because we're going to get this thing. We know this week has been tough. We know that you've been struggling with some things. But that's what the locker room is about, where we can come and gather together to figure this thing out. So when we get done out of the locker room, we can enter in the game again in winning form. Well, this is Coach D, head coach of the locker room, and I'm coming to you. Um just really excited about what's going on, what God is really doing in this time and hour. And before I get into it, I just got to say I thank you for the feedback. We've got some incredible, incredible feedback to uh, what the locker room is doing for some guys out there. And I'm just really excited that the Holy Spirit is just really taking this time to use this platform to minister to men and use these incredible coaches with myself to bring forth things that, you know, isn't normally said, but every every day dealt with. And, and that's the issue. And one of the biggest things that I've heard out there is from as far as feedback is, you guys touch on issues I don't hear at church. And that's what it's about. These are the things that we don't necessarily hear coming across the pulpit on Sunday, but we deal with on an everyday basis. So that's why God designed, orchestrated, and put together the locker room. That's why he surrounded me with the incredible, incredible team of, of coaches, my coaching staff, I like to call them, because these guys are gritty. They are on fire for the Lord, and they're going to give it to you straight. They're going to give it to you straight. They, they don't water it down. They don't sugarcoat it. They're going to give it to you raw and straight. And that's what we need sometimes because we can get hard-headed as men sometimes when we go through these things. And these things got to be shook loose off our life. Well, I'm Coach D. Again, this is the locker room. And, and I got some incredible, incredible men with me today that is going to help me deal with uh, what's going on in your life. And we're going to break some things off of your life. The first coach I want to introduce, I call him my assistant coach, just an awesome, awesome man of God. That's my brother. I love him dearly. I mean, we're down there with our sleeves rolled up, our pants tucked in our boots. We're getting after it. I've known, been knowing this guy for the last four or five years, and I can tell you he is rock solid in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Coach Stutt, if you're on the line, introduce yourself to the men of purpose today. Good afternoon, family. I'm glad to be back this week. I uh, I am ready to rock and roll. Hey, man, we got some extra work for you this week because you're out last week, so we're going to lay it on you. This I know. Week. <laughs> I, I'm waiting on the extra reps. <laughs> you should be well rested up. <laughs> Amen. Hey, this next coach, man, I tell you, he is the epitome of on fire. This guy's got so much energy and charisma. I love this brother. He is the producer and engineer at TPV Ministries. I've been walking alongside with him for the last couple of years. And you know what's really interesting is we've only been laboring the last couple of years, but 
whenever we get together, man, it's just like we grew up together from from little shorties on up to now. This guy, I love him and his wife dearly and what the vision God has given him. Coach Newton, if you're on the line, introduce yourself to the men of purpose today. What's good? Men of purpose, I am ready to get this party started. Yes, sir. The offensive line coach got the plays ready. We're ready to give it raw, uncut, and in context. So we're ready. We're ready to execute the off-limits play plan, and we're ready to get it in. So let's get it. Let's go. Coach Newton is ready. Amen. Amen. This next coach I'm going to present to you, this guy, I met him about a year ago, but when I tell you he's the defensive coordinator because I tell you what, you can't get by him at all. He is like the brick wall because he's going to throw scripture and everything that you got. So that's why we call him our defensive coach. He's the he's the one that masterminds the defensive playbook in your life, men of purpose, that you're not going to get by with anything because he's going to have some words for you. Coach Coleman, if you're on the line, can you introduce yourself to the men of purpose today? Oh, yeah, we're here. We're here live and on fire today. So we just want to make sure everybody can understand we're ready to bring some heat. Uh, put it up, put it up, put it up. So we just want to yell out to everybody, thank you for jumping in. Come on, let's get it in. Amen, amen. Well, to balance out this coaching staff today, we, we've got another special teams coach here today that's with us. I met this gentleman a few months ago. Uh, he's in uh, Men of Purpose, and God just really, really connected us together. He is just truly, truly. I've never met someone with so much humility just pouring out of their life. I love this brother. He is just really incredible. And, you know, we just got that kindred spirit together, and we we too connected just a few months ago, but it seemed like we've been knowing each other for years. He's the guy that's going to bring it to you from a whole other angle, and that's why we call him our special team coach. Coach Lass, are you out there? Yes, Coach D. It's good to be back, and uh, good to have Coach Tut with us, too, this week. Looking forward to it. Amen, amen. All right, Mr. Purpose. I hope you gathered around, you tuned in, you uh, you got your volume up. But I want to share this with you real quick because, you know, there's been a lot of questioning out there. Where can I go to get this? Where can I listen to this at? Well, we're going to put on the calendar our live date. We don't go live every weekend. We're going to put on our calendar the date that we're going to go live. And we would love for you to call in. If this ministry, if this, this program has been blessing you, we'd love for you to call in. And just share with us and just talk to us. You know, there may be some things that um, you just want to share, some testimony. It, 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 it doesn't matter. We just want to hear. Just stop by and say hi. And if you want to do that, you can call 515-605-9873. That's 515-605-9873. Or if you just want to listen live, you can listen there. Or if you go down to... Go out to 365 Live. You can download the Psalmist Voice Radio Network, and you can listen there live as well. Or if you just want to catch up and 
kind of figure out what we're doing here and what God's doing with the men out here, you can go to whatever podcast streaming platform that you like. Just Google Men of Purpose Locker Room, and we're there. God's got us everywhere. There's nowhere that you can go and not find the Men of Purpose Locker Room because this is his word and his time just for you. And we want you to absorb and digest everything God has here. Or you can go out to TPV Facebook page. We're live there. We're streaming live right now as I speak on the Facebook page. Drop a note. Coach Newton, he'll pass it along. And if you got any questions, concerns, prayers, or just really something that you need right now, just let us know. We'll, we'll put a halt to all of this just to address wherever you are and whatever you need. Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about, lifting one another up, iron and sharpening iron. So just go out to the Facebook, TPV Facebook page. We're there live. You can drop a, a comment there. Um, we, will, we will address it, whatever you have. Or you can go to the Men of Purpose locker room Facebook page and leave, a, leave us a message there. If there's something that you feel like uh, you want us to address, some topics you want us to touch that maybe you're not hearing in church that you really want to get some answers to, we'll be more than happy to look at that and get back to you on it. Or you can email us at moplockroom at gmail.com. You can give us the email, shout out, or if you want to support us, whatever you want to do, just let us know. You can go out there because we're here for you. We are here for you. This isn't just for us grandstanding here on this time. This is for you. So if there's something that we can address, a need that we can meet or help, please let us know, and we'll be more than happy to do so. Well, I got all that out of the way, but I got to give my shout-outs out of the way. I do. I've got to give credit to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because you know what? He made all this possible. And if you ever want to see the epitome of beauty coming from ashes, that's me. I was a wreck. But God cleaned me up, pulled me up, and here I am today. So there's hope for anybody, because I was I would tell you I was the worst of the worst at some time and point. But God decided to clean me up, and here I am today. So I got to give Jesus a shout-out. I got to give a shout-out to my amazing, wonderful wife. She has been my rock. She's been my, my help me here. You know, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Not just a woman, but a wife. And I just thank God for her and all she's done. I got to give a shout-out to my coaches, all my coaching staff. You guys are incredible. You you. You come on each and every time we're here on the locker room, Coach Tud, Coach Newton, Coach Coleman, Coach Lass, and I just thank God for each and every one of you men, and I just ask that he increase your revelatory knowledge of who he is through the word as we minister this word today. And I want to give a shout-out to our TPV Ministries. You know, they, they, they're the most controversial radio show on the land, and I love it because the vision that God has given Pastor Chris and First Lady Nisi over there in Texas, we fit right into that because we're gonna we're gonna rattle some trees. We're gonna we're not following the status quo. We're following the Word of God, and that's what we do. And sometimes that can be controversial, but guess what? So what? Because we're gonna follow the direction of the Lord. And I got to give a shout out to you that's listening today because it takes a lot of courage to face some of the things that you're want to face and change, that takes a lot of courage. And I just thank God for you listening today because I know today is going to be your day that you're going to get breakthrough 
if you stay on this program. Amen. All right, that's my shout out, Coach Tut. I'm gonna let you have the mic here because I can I can talk all day. So, Coach Tut, you got any shout outs? Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to first give a shout out to just I'm always in amazement at all the wonderful things that God is doing in my life and in our lives, and just really truly impressed beyond words as to the things that He's doing. Um through this program and just in general for for the people that are that are walking in the steps that he gives them in participating with this and you know even from some of the feedback that we've gotten you know from some of the listeners the the impact that it's had on them you know I'm just I'm truly in awe and honored that God's called us to be a part of this um because this is the for me, this is not just a radio show. This is a movement, and it's in Amen. it's in its infancy. But I can already feel the the propulsion that's getting behind it. So, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my wonderful wife Samantha, um, my boys Bryce and Brody. You know, uh, they are they are my why. They're my motivation in wanting to be better. And in growing in my faith through programs like this, it's helping me to be a better dad, too. And helping to prepare them as they step into their manhood. So uh, that's all I got right now, Coach Deeks. Amen. Amen. I love that. This just this is a, a movement. Hallelujah. That's good stuff there, Coach. Coach Newton, you got any shout-outs you'd like to get out of the way, sir? You have the mic. Yes, of course, I got to give a shout out to the locker room, the men on this panel. It is absolutely phenomenal that men can come together from all across the world and the planet to come here to get the play-by-play on how it is to be a man and also a man of God. I got to give a shout out to my first lady, Shanice Newton, for what she does. She holds it down on the back helm. And making sure everything runs smoothly. I also give I also gotta give a shout out to my kiddos, CJ Tajanik, Jalen Tyreek, Ian, and Tajane. Daddy loves you all to pieces. Mwah! And also my baby girl had a birthday this past Thursday, so she's getting bigger. Uh five going on twenty one. Just saying. But yeah, this is these are my first sets of girls, man. And I'm like, good night. I could just give my boys a taco truck uh, or give them a video game, and it's all good. But it's a little different with girls, but it's all good. Also, (laughs) I got to give a shout-out to you, Radio Family. Thank you so much for supporting the locker room. Thank you so much for your support for TPV Radio. We are also, gentlemen, we are streaming live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook. Yeah, so you can get us in all five social media platforms, and we're even streaming on my personal page. So you can't get no better than that. So if you missed the podcast, you can still watch us on all five of those social media platforms, and you can watch us there. You can also listen to the replay also on Live 365 and 
tune in. So the show last week is playing this week. So live shows are right now. This show will be next week, just saying. But again, just catching everybody up. The locker room is streaming everywhere. We got one more that we're trying to wait for approval for to stream on. But once we do that, we'll be everywhere. And that is nothing but God. Also, don't forget to vote. Yes, the Thomas Voice Radio Network has been nominated for nine nominations for the 2021 Spin Awards in Georgia. So please vote. It's not over. www.thespinawards.com forward slash vote. We are in categories named Saturday's Buffet is in two categories. Also, myself, Pastor Christopher Newton, I'm nominated in several categories, as well as the Psalmist Voice Reloaded. The show is also nominated and also for Internet Radio Station of the Year. Again, we thank God for what's, what he's doing, and this is, the, this is not even over, y'all. We're, we just thank God for what he's about to do and the doors he's opening. And I have to thank this excellent coaching staff for allowing me to be in the helm of this great move of God for men. Because we don't have a lot of men ministries, and this one is about to blow the roof off. So I think I did all my talking. There's so much you can say, but I don't have a lot of time to say it. So please, tell your friends, tell your mama. Tell Pookie, tell JJ, the locker room is on, and it's halftime. Let's get it. Let's go. And I'm done. Back to you. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, we, we, can't, we can't script this. This is nothing but God. I, that's news to me. I just found out about that along with you right now, man of purpose. So I'm telling you, God is all in this. He is all in this, and I'm just excited to be here. Well, Coach Coleman, if you're out there, you got any shout-outs, sir, you'd like to get out. You have the mic, sir. Hey, man. Definitely first shout-out to my wife, Pia, uh, the uh, beautiful woman in my life, uh, my first and only. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, no one like her, and I thank God for her. I uh, give a shout-out to my definitely my definite young men, Mike Jr. and uh, Eli. Uh, giving a shout out to definitely church home in Zion and Petersburg, making sure everybody gets fed spiritually. Uh wanna give a shout out if you will. Also definitely to my family, my mom. Keep it right there in the center of your prayers. And uh you know, just wanna say I think uh, you know, it is necessary to give a shout out to all those who decided to to give us feedback. I wanna give a shout out to those who decided to give us feedback just to let you guys know um, you encourage us to continue on. Uh, the fact that you've been changed uh, is definitely an encouragement to every single one of us. And I just like the new fire underneath us. So I want to give a shout out real loud uh, for those who choose to give some feedback and make things happen for us. You just don't know what you're pushing. And uh, we, we have yet to see exactly this uh, plane take off and be at full flight. So I'm, I'm thanking God for all that. And definitely all the coaches that jump in sacrifice the time and a shout out to all of you uh, and most of the most of the a shout out to the most high God the only true and living God the only one who reigns supreme the only one who can continue to do things that bring forth my dream 
His name is Jesus. So I give it right back to you. Amen. Amen. Uh, before I get to you, Coach Lass, I, I always, I, I can't forget Coach Small. This guy is kind of the glue between all of us in Mighty Men's Training Institute. If you ever get a chance, go out online and Google Mighty Men's Training Institute and just see the load of stuff that they've gotten out there for men. I mean, it has been a true blessing in my life. I've grown tremendously through that ministry, and I just thank God for for Coach Small and his wife, Tracy, and just the focus and drive that they've had over the years. I mean, I've been knowing them 30-something years, and it's always been that same energy and drive that they've had. I just thank God for them, and I got to give them a shout-out. I can't forget about about him because, you know, he's part of the coaching staff, but he's the guy that he's more like the GM, you know. He's up in the press box, you know. We're down here on the field, but he's up there. He still keeps us tight. He still keeps us focused and definitely keeps us professional. Amen. Well, hey, Coach Blast, we ain't going to forget about you, and we know you're chomping at the bit over there to get your shout-out. Sir, you have the mic. Hey, thanks, Coach D. Yeah, I just uh, I am humbled that our Lord and Savior for uh, the opportunities that we have that He's given me and uh, and all of us to uh, not just to grow, like you said, Mighty Men's Training Institute that I would like to give a shout out to as well. It's it's just helped so much to grow, and it is training us as we are men of purpose to go out and do the work that God has called us to, and it's just. Uh, Coach Smalls has been a real inspiration and uh, joy, and and uh, our Lord and Savior, who's given us the uh, ability to do all these things. He's he has given us every spiritual blessing in His name that we can go out and do all these things for His glory. And uh, um, and then my wife Renee, uh, who brings much beauty to my life, and uh, just helps so much in the home and in life to enable me to be able to go out and be a man of purpose. And, uh, I just love the coaching staff here. I just, uh, love you guys all. And just, uh, getting together, um, just brings joy to me as well. Just being able to share and encourage one another. And, uh, of course, uh, last but not least, uh, TPV radio that really makes this, uh, uh, all possible. And, uh, just uh, Coach Newton's uh, joy and energy that uh, uh, is very contagious. So thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Coach Newton, he's the uh, he's the virus that gets us fired up. Boy, I love his energy. <laughs> Amen. Well, hey, we can ready to get in this thing, so fasten your seatbelts up, come around, get in close, get in tight, because we are in this series, Making of a Warrior. And if you really need to go back and start with facing your Goliath, that was the kickoff of this series. Awesome, awesome stuff in there that's going to help you. Um, and just listen to the series. We are currently in the series, or the the series making of a warrior. But where we're at right now, what we're addressing is we're knowing your identity, knowing your identity, because that is a very key component that will help you in your victory. 
whatever you're facing in your life is going to help you in your victory, knowing who you are. Well, coaches, we're going to walk through this recap a little bit before we get into the the meat and potatoes, the true meat and potatoes of this thing. You know, as we've been going over this series, knowing your identity, it really has been really monumental and, and groundbreaking in a lot of things because I was just meditating earlier how when we talked about how your surroundings and, and some things that, you know, we grew up with would look to shape our identity. But, you know, I happened to think I was meditating coming up. Now, I'm one of seven in my family, and I am the only boy out of that seven in my family. And my dad, he was very, very old school. My dad was very, very old school. And one of the identities that he gave me, and I want, maybe you guys can, can, we can talk about this a little bit, is men are not supposed to cry. Men are not to show emotion. And that was something that he drilled in me. I mean, I could sit there with my arm cut off, and he would look at me like, you better not cry. <laughs> you better not cry. Because when you become a man, you're not supposed to cry. And he was, I guess, in his way trying to prepare me for things in life that I wouldn't get emotionally bound up. I'm not not really sure about that. But I do remember the day that I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I fell on my face and I cried. I was in the bar. I cried like a baby for 20 minutes. So, coaches, my question is, where did that come from that men are holding on to this thing, that men aren't supposed to cry, we aren't supposed to have emotions, and it gets us all locked up? Where did that come from, and how is it harming us spiritually? Coach Tut, break it down for him. Let's hear it. You know, I I don't know exactly when it started, but I can assure you that the that there's a tie-in directly to when men started stepping away from their faith. Hello. You know, we That's good. You know, we get so scared to show emotion thinking that we're going to be judged as anything less you know, as somebody less because we have emotions. There's nothing wrong with expressing those. In fact, you know, especially nowadays growing up where we're taught that we're not supposed to have these emotions, when we actually grow up, when we actually decide that we're going to be human again instead of trying to be robots, there's usually strength that comes from being able to show your emotions. You know, there's freedom that you give other men when you're open and honest and transparent and vulnerable with them. You free them to be themselves as well. You know, so while generationally we might have been taught growing up to withhold our emotions, our emotions are really kind of a key for that genuine connection, you know, for being able to actually be real with other people. You know, which uh, unlocks a whole other sequence of things beyond that. You know, it lets you get down into the nitty-gritty with people. It lets you 
you know, get into exactly what they're going through, but they know that you're coming at them. You're not going to judge them because you have emotions. Right. You know, right. you're not going to judge them for theirs. You're not going to. You. It lets you come from a place of love. And if you mm. try and withhold emotion where you don't show any, how are you going to convey that you genuinely love and care about that person? If you're not allowing yourself to show any emotion. So I don't exactly know where it came from, but I know that we have an opportunity to break that cycle. Amen. You know, that was an excellent, excellent point that that you brought out, Coach. Showing strength in our emotions. Now, you know, that, that really sounds like one of those, uh, what do they call it, uh, oxymoron, I guess is what it's called, where, you know, how can showing emotions be strength? How can I be strong and I got tears running, crocodile tears running down the side of my face and boohooing and crying or just really in a place where I don't feel like I'm a man right now, I'm, I'm this, this little baby. You know, but but you're saying that's strength. That that's awesome, man. That's awesome, Coach Newton. Can you see strength in that? Well, I, I, I'm going to introduce another form. See, okay, I was raised with a different mentality in regards to showing emotion. Now, mm-hmm. when you grow up in the urban city. That's a sign of weakness. You cannot show right. weakness at all right. or you'll get jumped right. or what have you. Good. So you grow up with this hard shell and when someone tries to get through your shell, you automatically are on defense mode and you try to cut their throat. That's just speaking hypothetical. Mm. Or you go blows with them or whatever. See, and that, but the problem with that is, as you grow up, you can't be that way everywhere. See, because when you right. grow up, you have to have a thing called a career or a job. See, you can't mm-hmm, bring mm-hmm. that street mentality into a workplace because it's not going to work. See, when we come to Christ, it's a whole nother ball game. Because, see, Christ deals with the matters of the heart. Now, if you were taught not to have one, best you believe when God gets a hold of you, you're going to cry like a big old baby. I'm just saying. Come I've on. seen it. <laughs> I've went through it. And I'm just saying when you experience true relationship with God, he's going to break all that stuff out your life. Now, see, even in some of our women, they, it is, they are inputted or inbreded with this thing that if a man cries, that's weakness. Well, uh-huh. that's what society says. But if you read the word of God, God honors the man that can be real, 
that can open his heart to the source, mm. which is the father. So, if mm. you didn't have a physical father, some of us did, some of us didn't. So, when you learn about having a spiritual father, your physical father may have failed you, but your spiritual father will never fail you. And your spiritual father will give Man. you the identity that you've been looking for for most of your life. Now, no knock for a biological dad whatsoever. I'm not knocking that. What I am saying is some men have been taught bad things. Not all, True. but some. True. And, and it, True. all it does, it gets passed from generation to generation to generation. And then when we find God, we're looking shocked. And shook because we're like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be crying. Like they said in uh, in a movie, there's no crying in baseball. Well, there's no crying in church. There's no crying in my family time. There's no crying in front of my wife. Uh oh, I'm mm. in trouble with that one. Mm. But that, that that's that's what we are taught as men. We're taught to be macho 24 hours a day. Seven days a week, but I hate to tell you, when you become a Christ-like soul, he changes you from the inside out. And when you think you're the hardest of the hard, and you know you can't be broke by no physical man, I guarantee you, this man that I know will have you on your knees, and you'll be crying until your eyeballs fall out because I'm telling you you will never experience a love like Christ's love when he can break through your tough exterior and still love you past your pain love you past your mess love you past your mistakes love you past you running away from your calling your purpose that's the type of father I serve and he will break you and make you a man of purpose. Let me stop because I don't want to give away my full offensive plan at the moment. So Coach D, back to you. Amen. Amen. Wow. All right, guys. We're going to turn this thing up. I see it right now. I was going to kick in the high gear. Amen. Coach Conan, I hear the question out there. But I got to go back to the word, sir, because I know you're going to go to the word. Romans 6, Romans 6, chapter, verses 1 through 6. I'm going to read this, and then the question on the table, I'm going to give it to you. Romans chapter 6, 1 through 6. I'm reading out of the New King James today. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know what as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through the baptism into his death, that just just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that your old man was crucified with him, 
that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Coach Coleman, I want to take this old man and walk in the newness of what God has for me. But how can I identify my identity in that if I can't get rid of this old man? He keeps wanting to come along. I got to get rid of him so I can move forward in the things that God has for me. Coach, break it down for him. Let him have it. Tell him what to do. Well, I remember one particular time um, my wife and I were traveling. um, And in our travels, we attempted to board the plane. Uh, And, you know, you're you're a lot of certain amount of things to carry on. Um, But in this particular travel, we were were kind of uh, approached by Mm -hmm. uh, the the stewardess and said, hey, you, you can't take that particular bag on board because it's too large. It can't it can't go on board with you. Um, no matter what, no matter how we tried to make excuses, uh, it it just wasn't gonna fly. Hmm. Uh, hmm. It, it just wouldn't fly. So uh, we 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 had to acquiesce, and actually they said, okay, well, she went ahead and she tagged it, and she put it in a separate compartment. Mm. separate from us. So uh, though it took the journey with us, it was not an encumbrance upon us. Uh, Saying that to say this, that at some point in time, you have to realize there's some things that you just can't take with you. I don't care how many excuses you make, how many times you try to make them. There's just some things that just have to be separate from you, though it be with you. It may, it may even, you may need to carry your flesh around where you need to go, but it surely shouldn't be the very thing that you look upon or weigh up or let it weigh upon you to the point where it, it, it uh, encumbers you and keeps you from being in a safe place. And sometimes we don't realize we're arguing with God about keeping things we shouldn't keep because it can't, mm. it can't fly with us. It can't go with us. And, you know, the question is, what's so important in that bag? What's so important that you need to keep with you? And I really want you to take full inventory because you, you, you have to take inventory about what will it do because we might end up spending so much time thinking about today that we forget about tomorrow. Woo! Right? So your, 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 yeah, you, your flesh will spend so much time reminding you about what needs to be done today. When God is working on your tomorrow and your faith will take you to higher heights and deeper depths, and he's saying you've been baptized in him. That means you have to leave these things alone. There's a new world. There's a new place that you must enter into. And when we got on that plane, we left the ground floor and climbed to 34,000, 35,000 feet. Right? There are places and heights that you need to be ready. I mean, just to perform and to operate at. And you can't That's take good. that stuff with you. You can't take it with you. So I'm going to suggest, and I'm going to, not just suggest, I'm going to call a defensive play. Put your defense on. You know that you're going to be attacked. You know, listen, how about this? Sometimes we spend too much time that we give Satan a day off. Look, 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 <laughs> you got to give him, make that man work. Make him work. 
Make him work. Make him work hard. You know, you going to come get this? You're going to have to bring your game, baby. <laughs> Understanding that it is necessary to keep it right, right, so that you can fly, fly high, fly right, and arrive at the place where God has planned. So keep that in mind. Turn it back over to you, sir. Hey, man, good stuff. I love it. Good stuff. I hope you got that minute of purpose. I hope you got all what the coaches were laying out. They're laying out some awesome, awesome stuff. You know, because too many times we have these, we, we hold on to these false narratives thinking that they identify who we are. And that's not it. And I tell everyone before I start any meeting of where I'm at when it comes to men, you do not know how to be a man outside of Christ. I don't care who you are. I don't care what family you come from. I don't care if you're rich or poor. Outside of Christ, you have no clue of what manhood is about. Now, the world is going to dictate malehood to you. These are the things that we accompany along with ourselves to think that makes us men about how much we can drink, how many women we can sleep with. You know, how much money we can make. See, those are all malehood traits. Manhood traits come from Jesus Christ. And he explicitly breaks it down to us in the word of God. A big difference, man. It's a big difference. And what we're doing here today is shaking off of that malehood identity that you've been dragging along to get you to that place and position you for manhood. And let me let me put this out there. You do not become a man by default on your age. Your age does not automatically default you into what man says. I don't care what the government says. I'm telling you what the word says. The word is explicit about manhood. Just because the world says when you turn 18 or 21, now you become a man. Because I know some men that are young, and I know some males that are old. So it's not indicative of how your age or anything like that. It's what you allow to absorb the Spirit of God to absorb in your life. Now, Coach Andy, now we know the enemy's strategy is to prevent us from knowing our identity to prevent us from being in that place where we recognize we are brand new. But what happens, Coach, when we finally get there? What happens when we finally stop listening to the lies? Break it down to them, Coach Flash. What you got for them? Well, uh, they, we begin to live life by the Spirit. We begin, When we die with Christ, when we die on that cross, when we die in his suffer his crucifixion with him we become alive in the spirit and you know one of the things we were talking about is what does a real man look like not a male but a man and you know paul tells us in galatians that we how to live life by the spirit that the acts of a male are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, and selfish ambition. Those are all male attributes. But a kingdom man, a man of purpose, 
is going to be filled with the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what's nice is against these, there's no law prohibiting us or no law against those things. You know, and he goes on to tell us those who belong to Christ have crucified our sinful nature with its passions and desires, and we live by the Spirit. You know, we keep in step with the Spirit, and uh, we don't become conceited because it's in Christ alone. He's the hope of our glory. And we don't even provoke envying in one another because we're all edifying and encouraging one another. It's uh, That's the kingdom man. That's a man of purpose. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we walked through this little recap, you know, but what I want to talk about, coaches, now is benefits from knowing your identity. You know, these guys have been hearing, we, we've been we've been really putting down some good stuff about identity. But let's talk about some of the benefits, because we've been unfolding this for the last few weeks about knowing your identity. And what I understand and I know to believe is to combat the culture that's saying now right is wrong and wrong is right. And I want to show you what that looks like. I want to really show you. Let's go to the book of Judges, verse 21 and 25. The book of Judges, 21 and 25. Coach Tut, if you got your Bible there, can you read that for us? The book of Judges. 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 21. Chapter 21, verse 25. We're going to show you, and I want you to kind of identify with this because we want to really get this down. Because, see, we're living in a culture nowadays where we've pretty much thrown off everything, what we, the, the values and standards of manhood that was once laid upon us. We pretty much threw them out the door, even to the point now we can say, well, if you don't you wake up tomorrow and you really don't feel like a man? Well, you don't have to be a man. You can be whatever you want to be. See, and those are the things that we want to make sure that we come back to the standard of God, that we raise that bloodstained banner on what manhood is really about. Because what they got on YouTube, TikTok, and all these other places, you're not going to get it there. You're not necessarily going to get it there. You're going to get what God says a man is from the word of God. And that's verse 21 and 25. Book of Judges. Are you there, Coach? I'm here. Um, Judges 21 and 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever seemed right to him. Wow. Doesn't that sound like today, Coach? Pretty much. That sounds like what's going on. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Now, Coach Newton, when we have a culture that's absent of the king and we do things according to what's right in our own eyes, how can that affect our identity? Go ahead. Talk to him real quick. Uh, I, I don't think they want me to 
talk about this. But uh, we see it. I mean, honestly, I was one of those men. You know, I'm I'm in between the Generation X and the all that and the millennials. So, you know, we felt as if that what I did was justified. Well, it's not. See, because the word never changes. The word has stayed the same for the last 2,000 plus years. So before Christ, I had that same mentality. Look, I didn't need Mm -hmm. no man to help me to do nothing. I grew up myself. I learned how to tie my own tie. I learned how to button up my own shirt, iron my own shirt, press my own slacks. I didn't need no man for that. But see, when I started getting into the other stuff, I still felt entitled. Uh-oh. That's another word. See, I felt entitled. So just because I raised myself and then when I spoke to another man, I had this chip on my shoulder because you can't tell me nothing, sir, because I grew up on my own. But see, the thing is, there was a lot of things that I was missing. See, there was a lot of holes that when you go on a road and you see those potholes and then you run into one and guess what happens? Your tire pops. So I had to go and get my pavement repaved. Uh Uh-oh. So Mm. along my whole journey of being a young man, I had all these potholes in the road, kept running over them, never got them fixed until I met. Now, even in that process, it took me some time to get the right cement and the right gravel mixture so the gravel can hold just enough to cover the hole and dry so I don't have to pop my tire again. Once I figured out that formula, I thought I was good. Well, Mm -hmm. my 30s came along, and I was still doing stuff that I did in my 20s, in my 30s. See, the point Mm. is this. I didn't have an identity. I didn't know who I was. So I leaned on the opposite sex to tell me who I was, but at the same Mm. time, I didn't know who I was, so she's telling me who I am, and now I'm going to a church, and they're telling me how I'm supposed to be, but I Mm. have not come to grips with it because I didn't believe it. So how can I embrace an identity that I know I have no clue what it is, I'm still trying to figure out who I am, and now I'm going to church, and these church folks telling me I have an identity and a purpose, but yet I still can't tie my own shoes. That's the problem. So, therefore, when I figured out that I had to stop being me, Put the arrogance aside. Put that street cred away and let God be God in my life. 
This is when the breakdown happened. That's when I cried mm. for the first time in 25 years of my life. I ain't cried not and once. Now, and now all of a sudden I'm crying like a big old baby, and now I'm getting this soft heart. And see, even then I had to learn growing pain because I was I had this new heart. I'm supposed to love everybody, forgive everybody, but yet I was still getting hurt. So not only that, I got this new Christ-like heart, Christ-like love. I'm still getting I'm still getting hurt by church folk. I'm still getting hurt by the relationships I put myself in. So how am I going to have an identity to be a man of God when I'm constantly getting hurt by the same people that gave me salvation in the first place? Uh-oh, I'm going to get wow. in trouble. So in order for me to understand this thing called relationship, I had to be broken, literally. So, and that's a whole nother show. But all I'm saying is, we have to come to grips as men. There's a certain point in your life that you have to look in a mirror and say, I'm better than being that ex-drug dealer. Or I'm better mm. than being that ex-womanizer. Oh, I'm better than being that ex-abuser, narcissist, alcoholic. You, we can go down the line. But until you look into the mirror... And allow God to take you from your crown of your head to the sole of your feet. You will never change. You will always be the same because you're too stubborn to give it up and allow God to lead you in your life. Let me stop right there because we already lost like 10 people just by that comment alone. But I'm just saying, you got to be real with yourself. Look in the mirror. That's the only way you're going to hear God. That's the only way you're going to develop relationship with God because people will fail you. And the only person that can give you guaranteed bad, guaranteed wise counsel is your relationship with Christ. And then and only then he will give you the men necessary to catapult you into your eyes. Identity and your purpose. I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna drop the mic. Back to you. Hey man, good stuff. Good stuff. Wow, man. I hope you're getting this minute of purpose. This is just some awesome, awesome content for you. God is really speaking to you right now, and and I, I pray that you're digesting this because you know there's so many things that we have to come up against and coach Newton brought out an excellent, excellent point because a lot of times when we look to others to validate who we should be, when we look to others to give us the things that we need, sometimes we may get the wrong information, not saying all the time. And I'm not speaking against any pastor, any fellowship or anything, but there's no more, better opportunity than go to the source yourself. And that's even if you're in a good fellowship. You have to spend that time. You have to develop that relationship, your own relationship with Jesus Christ. You just can't do it Sunday mornings and Wednesday afternoons. This is a constant, all-time thing. 
Now, Coach Coleman. Now, Coach Newton brought out some good points. I, I, I want to I want to share with you, and I want you to break this down for the men out here. Now, we see that the there's been a moral shift in the church. I'm just got to be real with it. And if we're looking to them to help us find our identity, and there's been this moral shift, and but we're still searching. Because the old saying goes, as the home goes, so does, so does the church, so does the nation. Coach Coleman, what is the best way I can find what I need for? I need my identity back. Help them out, Coach. Well, uh, one of the first things I would say is that if we were to compare ourselves with ourselves, it is not wise. Um, there's a scripture, I think it's in First Corinthians 4th chapter, um, but uh, it is not the desire of God that we would look at our lives and compare ourselves with someone else. Uh, we must find a true foundation. And he said he is the chief cornerstone. Uh, the key to doing uh, something brand new and to him doing something brand new in you is to actually allow him to show you you. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Therefore, for you to actually become who you should become, you need to allow him to begin to speak to you uh, and to speak to you uh, in ways that uh, maybe you've never heard before. Uh, I would dare say it it may sound crazy, and I know people uh, don't talk about it much anymore, but uh, you might want to read your Bible. I mean, um, I'm just saying. Uh, you might want to read your Bible because you know what? People say, well, God doesn't talk to you. Guess what? If you read your Bible, it's God talking. It's God talking. Amen. And here's what, here's what it is. That if I were to give you an example, and I think this is probably the best way. Uh, y'all remember how you learned your ABCs. And most of us learned mm-hmm. our ABCs. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, Anyway, you learned it with a song. And there was some song or rhythm to help you understand your ABCs, and then from there you could build your words and your vocabulary. See, what we don't want to do is we don't want to sing the song. You don't want to sing the song, but you want to learn the alphabet, and you want to build big sentences and write books, but you won't read the book. You won't read the book written by God so that you could hear him singing the song to you, and then he begins to build bigger words for you so that you can get the script for your life. And you want him to speak, you know, eloquent things to you, maybe prophesy, maybe I don't know what it may be, but the other thing that maybe most people don't talk about anymore is actually fasting, right? Uh-oh. Fasting is focusing. Fasting is focusing. If you fast, you learn to focus. And here's what I, one of my big revelations this week. Focus people achieve great things. People who are scattered... Mm. People who are scattered are wondering what's going on. So if you're spending time trying to figure out who you are, then you're not focused on what God is saying. You're not focused on what God is saying because you don't know what he said. You don't know what he said because you don't know what he wrote. So Mm. how can you then gravitate and become all that you're supposed to be if you don't want to get your ABCs down? You don't want to, you don't want to, you have to, you have to, you, you have to, if we're, we're still talking defensive, if you can't do blocking and tackling, then you might as well get off the field. 
Come on. But I'm encouraging you today to start learning to block and tackle. Understand, you got to be able to know uh, defensively what somebody's going to bring your way, and you have to study the playbook. You, and, and you have to be able to, while you've studied the playbook, to be able to say, read the eyes, read what's going on. And But if you don't study the playbook, which is, in this case, I'm going to change the analogy a little bit, which is the scripture, which is the Bible, then you won't be able to recognize the wiles of the enemy. You won't be able to defeat them when they come about, and you won't be able to plot your next step or, or your next course. It's imperative Amen. that we do this. And it's imperative because, you know, at the end of the day, um, God will reveal to you what you ought to do. Now, I'm going to put this, I'm going to plant the seed real quick. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you since we're talking about identity, because sometimes what we choose to do is ascribe identity to what we do. Mm-hmm. Your identity is not what you do. Your identity is who you be. That's not good to hear, but you, know, you understand what I'm saying. Your identity is not what you do. Your gifting is a reflection of what God has placed in you. It is not who you are. You are not your gifting. So if you're seeking after a gifting, then you've missed the mark about identity. Your identity, mm-hmm. your identity gives fuel to your gifting. I want, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I'm clear on this, y'all. You, my identity gives fuel to my gifting because here's the deal, y'all. You, you say, what do you mean? But how about people who, have, who are very talented, but for whatever reason, you don't hear about them anymore? Wow. Right? They, wow. they don't know who they are. If they knew who they were, then they wouldn't have a problem holding on to their gifting and executing it in front of kings. Because your scripture says that your gifts will make room for you and set you in front of kings. Am I right? That's what it says. So your identity keeps you stable. Listen to what I'm saying. Your identity keeps you stable. And I know I'm running out of time, but I want to make sure we understand that. Let's read our Bible. Let's fast. Let's practice some basic blocking and tackling. And, of course, these things will lead you to understanding who you are in Christ and let him then explode in your future. I'll turn it back over to you. Amen. That is good stuff. Amen. I tell you what, this is rich, y'all. I'm 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 soaking all this up if nobody is. This that that's good stuff. Well, hey, this is what we do. And we're still in the Bible, and I love to share scripture. If you got your Bibles, your tablets, your phone, whatever you use to get the word of God, go to first John with me in chapter four. I'm gonna be at the fifth verse. And we're gonna read five through ten. And if you're Listening here, write these down so you can go back over them and read them and, and highlight them and just, you know, just soak it up and see what God is saying to you, what kind of revelation he's giving you. We're in First John, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 10, and I'm reading out of the King, New King James today. So uh, hopefully you're there, you get there, write it down, you come back later. First uh, John, chapter 4. Verse 5 through 10, it says, They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. 
By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us let us love one another for the love of the for the love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sin. Now, Coach Andy, the Apostle John is saying a whole lot here. But what I want you to break down to the men, how important, how is important obedience and how critical it is to identity? Break it down for him, Coach. Well, Coach D, our identity, if it is in Christ, um, you know, we accept the, his lordship of our life. Um so obedience is um, the whole, I guess you would say, the uh, axle that holds it all together. If you're not uh, um, tied to Christ, if you're not obedient and subjected to him, just as he was subjected to the Father when he was here, he led us by the example. I only do what my Father tells me to do, and that is the example as we are, how we do as uh we are instructed to do that as and as coach Coleman brought up so eloquently the word is the what would you say a uh it's the calibrated uh, uh instrument that we live our lives by this is actually the reference Amen. so you go off of this a, a plumb line would be so to speak in your life that you mm-hmm. compare and unless you're attached to Christ and his word is in you, you have no way of uh, um, being obedient uh, and uh, demonstrating the works. And as this chapter so wonderfully brings up, that love is what it's all about. Uh, at the end of the day, that's how they're going to know us is by our love. And God is love. And um, so it's so important that we be connected to Christ because obedience um, is really impossible without that. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Man, you guys are cooking with hot grease today. I love it. I love it. You know, at the end of the day, and I think the coaches brought up a great point, men that are listening here today. We can share who we are. We can share who God tells you who you are. But it isn't the point that you're ready to receive that, then you'll start walking in that. And that's the critical point we want to keep hammering in today. And we pray that the Holy Spirit is is, is starting to do a work on your heart right now, that you can receive that, just even as we're speaking that you're ready to receive who you are in Christ. You know, because just the works don't get it. Just going to church don't get it. Just being on this board, that club, 
this auxiliary, that auxiliary, don't get it. This has to be done by way of faith and reception of who God created you to be. And you have to know that in your heart. You have to solidify that this is what I'm going to walk in, who Christ says that I am, that I can move forward for the kingdom of heaven. See, because we're all designed for something here on earth. You just weren't put here by chance. And that came with an identity. You know, and, and, and Coach Coleman and Coach Newton and Coach Tut and Coach Lash have brought out some excellent, excellent points. You know, but I do want to get back to the foundation that you are here for a purpose. We all are. We all have different purposes. And that's what makes the thing work the way God wants them to work for the kingdom is when we start fulfilling those things that he designed and created us for. And that's where your identity is. And we're going to talk about that at some point in time, but I just want you to start receiving that right now that I'm not going to be the same person that I was trying to fit in where I should, but I'm going to be that new man walking in the newness of life, headed to the new things that God has for me. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, because too often we walk around almost blindfolded trying to find our way down the road when God is really ready to take that blindfold off and says, look what I have for you. You know, because it's really amazing once you step into that. And, yeah, it can be a little daunting. It can be a little little scared. But you know what? That's where faith comes in, the evidence of things that the the substance of faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are unseen. Because if it was all laid out for us, it'd be real easy. But there would be no trust. And that's what God wants you to do. That, that first key component of that identity is trust him who he says that you are. Because sometimes we get, you know, especially like if we're on the job and we apply for this job and we get the job, and they say, you are now the new manager. Now, there's a little apprehension there because, you know, like, well, I think I can do it. Maybe I can do it. You know, I hope I do a good job. But when you resolve in yourself that I am going to do a good job, I will do a good job, this job was designed for me, and I'm going to walk in it. Now, there's always some learning that comes with that, but you're faith as you stand on it, knowing that you're going to do the job that you need to do, is what God is looking for. He's just looking for you to stand by faith to grab hold of this thing called identity. And it's not what you were led to believe coming up. It's what the Word of God says who you are right now. Well, Coach Tut, I'm going to go down a little further in this first John. We're still here in the fourth chapter, um, and we stopped at 10, and I'm going to read 11 through 13 here, and hopefully you're still there and you got your finger on it. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. For by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. Wow. The Apostle Paul, or I'm sorry, the Apostle John has laid out some 
great, great, great stuff. But how does this affect my identity? How can I hold on to this coach? He has given us his spirit in us. How can that shape my identity? Coach Tut, help him out. Talk to him. So when we're when we're given the identity by by the Holy Spirit, it 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 shows us, it gives us a vision of who it is that God intended for us to be. And a lot of times, especially nowadays, it conflicts with what we've grown up being told by society that we're supposed to be. You know, we, we tend to lean towards well you know, we're told to go out, get this job, make a lot of money, you know, have a family, do all this. You know, but some people have unique paths, but every path that you get when you receive the Holy Spirit is going to point you towards the greater glory of God's kingdom in some way or another. You know, you, you have your own path, but but it's usually it's usually groundbreaking. It usually shakes you to the core because if you haven't established a relationship with Jesus, then you grow up having a completely different identity. And I think that that's where you have a lot of the identity crisis in kids nowadays. You know, a lot of our society, they're looking to each other for an explanation of who they are instead of growing up with that foundation of a relationship with Jesus, where they have that, you know, they know that. God is the one that created them for a purpose. He's the one that's going to walk them down the path to help them to become who they're supposed to be. Not that we haven't straight, even growing up with that, not that we haven't strayed from that, you know, but it, it's a complete shock to the system nowadays when you are, you know, 15, 18, 30, 40, when you have your first mm-hmm. encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. You know, I was meditating on this, coaches, men. I was meditating on this the other day. Every year, July 4th, we celebrate what was done July 4th, 1776. That was the first of this nation under God. But you know what? 305 years later, in my heart, I believe we need a rebirth. Not a revival, but a rebirth. We need to rebirth the standard of the kingdom of heaven. Because when they designed and put this nation together or whatever. They made a covenant promise according to what they would do under God. And we've fallen so far away from that. And I think that that has a lot to do with shaping our identity because the culture is wants to inflict in you or engraving you so much to make you identify with them instead of identifying with Christ. But they may use the Christ banner but be totally wrong. But there's hope. 
and me and the coaches are going to unpack four ways you can identify in Christ that will change your life. Because you're probably asking the question, why can't I find fulfillment in myself? See, because you were created to reflect the glory of God. You'll never find fulfillment that will last outside of Christ. All right, coaches, here we go. Step one to knowing your identity. We no longer chase after desires of the flesh, but instead speak to bring the glory of God in all areas of our life. John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Coach Newton, yes, sir. how do we get there? How do I get there? How do I get to the point where I'm no longer chasing after the desires of my flesh, but I want to bring glory to God in all that I do? You have the floor, sir. Well, I want to throw this verse that you read in 1 John chapter 5. Now, I believe this is the medicine that we need see it starts in verse 11 and i'm reading from the uh amplified bible yeah surprising but yeah uh and the testimony is this god has given us eternal life we already possess it and Mm, good this life is in his Bishop, no, no, no. In his coaching staff, no, no, no. In his son, resulting in our spiritual completeness. So if you don't know your identity, this verse is for you. And eternal companionship with Susie, no. Eternal companionship with who? Him. So you'll know who you are, and you always have a companion, regardless if your physical one stays with you or not, you will always have an eternal companion with him. Twelve, he who has the son. What does that mean? He who has relationship with his son by accepting him as what lord and savior has the life that is eternal he who does not have the son of god by personal faith does not have the life identity crisis that verse just said it right there so if you don't have christ you have an identity crisis i'm just saying So, verse 13, it also says this, and I'm answering your question, Coach D, in every single verse here. These things I have written to you who believe, key word, in the name name of the Son of God. Who is that name above every name that exalts itself against them? Jesus which represents all that Jesus Christ is and does, so that you will know, key word, 
with settled and absolute knowledge that you already have eternal life. Now, this verse right here, I can go on and on, but we don't have enough time. So, in this degree of confidence, you will know who you are once you become an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Once you believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, salvation we call it, today you will be able to know who you are right then and there. But here's the problem, gentlemen. As we get in our journey, we tend to take a detour. Uh-oh. See, because... We were never taught how to have relationship in the first place. Hear me. See, we weren't taught. See, with ladies, they, they grow up with Barbie dolls, Ken dolls, and they learn how to develop social skills and relational skills. What do we learn, gentlemen? We learn how to play football, baseball, soccer, all the sports. We learn how to be a team, but we don't learn relationship. If it doesn't center mm. around the sport, we go our separate our ways. If we're not going to practice to shoot hoops or throw the football, we don't talk to each other. See, think about it. So how are we going to have a relationship with a being that is omnipresent, that is always there, but we can't even have relationship with each other. I'll let you bite on that one. But all I'm saying is this. When we continue to die to ourselves and allow God to give us the surgical implant we need in today's society, people will be drawn to the God in you you could be the smartest cat in the whip but your knowledge is not going to get nobody to eternal life with jesus christ it's your relationship and when men put their pride in the garbage and allow god to replace that pride with that heart posture that he's asking us to be in we will have a bigger impact in this world as men, as fathers to our children, as husbands to our wives, once we get past the pride, we will become new creatures. All the old things are past the what? Way. And when we Way. become closer with God, all things become what? New. So new. that was my fourth quarter offensive play. There's five seconds on the clock. That's the play we're executing. So, Coach D, back to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Coach Coleman, we, we're going to step two here. And ways that we're giving the guys that once they get this and find their identity in Christ, it will change their life. And I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8. 14 and 15. Very, very familiar portion of scripture, but we're going to break this down to help him out, Coach Coleman, because you brought up a good point earlier about as sometimes as men, 
we think it's in our DNA to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. We've been so ingrained in us that you've got to be the provider, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that and all, you know, so we get overly concerned and stressed about tomorrow. But Romans 8 and 15, I'm sorry, 8 and 14 and 15 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Let's break this down for him, Coach Coleman. We are not supposed to fear the future. Why? Talk to him, Coach. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Therefore, you hope for those things which God has spoken. And if God has spoken them, he has yet to fail. You need only believe that they will come to pass. Why should we fear? If God be for us, who can be against us? As a matter of fact, I'll change it a little bit more. If God be for us, who cares who's against us? <laughs> right? Amen. So we want to put it in proper perspective is that when, when we put our trust in God, we need not be concerned about those things that lay before us. For he goes before us. He makes our play our ways plain before us. He straightens out our steps. He is a light to our pathway. He continues to make sure that if need be, all the enemies must lay prostrate before us as we walk forward because he will make our enemies our footstool. So point here is that we need to understand that even those things that you fear, which may be your enemies, are actually your stepping stone. We have to put things in perspective. The scripture that you read previous to that says we are the sons of God. If you want to know mm-hmm. your identity, let's start there. Let's start with the fact that if you didn't have a father to lay an impression upon you, now you have a heavenly father who tells you that you are his son. If you've never had a father mm-hmm. say that you are his son, somebody to speak into you, I encourage you once again that fear has a place or a residence, can have residence, take up residence in your life, simply because it found you to be a place where it could harbor and, and, and stay in darkness. But once you turn the light on from God, which is his word, fear has no place to hide. So uh, again and again, I encourage you to to understand that above all things, you are now a son of God. And because you are a son of God, then he has put things in perspective. Matter of fact, I want to share something with you. I think I've done it once before. Uh, but it's important. I think it's important for us to understand just how, how this is. Second Timothy 1 and 9. I love the scripture. I love the scripture. I love the scripture so very much because it has so much in it. But 2 Timothy 1 and 9, since we're talking about the fear of the future, it says specifically, Who have saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. So it is not something that you can work for. This is Jeremiah 29 and 11 in full effect. For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. This is not because of anything that you worked up. What God is going to do for you is not about what you worked up. You will work it out, but you didn't work it up. 
says that, uh, he mm-hmm. saved us. He saved us. You didn't save yourself. You didn't complete the work on the cross. He did that. Why should you even fear dying if you are dead in Christ? That means you will rise according to the same Romans 6 chapter that you read previously. So therefore, if we are Amen. dead with Christ, then we must rise with him. Come on, let's take on your full identity. That means you no longer need to fear death. You've already taken hold of death because your, your, your father has given you the power over death, hell, and the grave because he took it. So we Amen. need not concern ourselves with those things. Let's continue on. He saved us and called us with a holy calling, right? Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. So there is a purpose and grace on your life, which was given to us in Christ Jesus when? What was the last part of that say? Before the world began. So you're talking about a great plan yeah. If you're talking about a great planner, if you're talking about a great defensive uh, coach, if you're talking about somebody laying out some defenses, being able to call defensive plays before the offense gets on the field, you ain't even gotten off the bus yet, and they've already got the plays planned out. Matter of fact, I won't back it up that far, right? This is what God says. I have done this before the world began. You need only trust. And the words I have spoken and step out on them and watch us execute this play together. So need not fear for this. And I want to throw something in there. I forgot to give you a scripture as well for taking it up to the next level of the high heights. You go to Genesis 22 and you'll see where God asked a son of his called Abram to sacrifice his son. Since we're talking about trusting, right? We're talking about Right. And, you know, this is this is the bedrock of what we're talking. Fear means that you don't trust. If you trust, then you have no fear. And I don't, as a matter of fact, if you love, love casts out what? All fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. So if you love the Lord, then you trust the Lord. And as you trust the Lord, then you'll find that fear won't have its place in you. In this, we use Abram. When he's about to take Isaac up because he tells the young young men in the 22nd chapter of Genesis, y'all stay here at the base of the mountain while me and Isaac will go up. And when Isaac asks him, where is the sacrifice? Abram says, God will what? Provide. God's going to prepare for us. So we need to know that this is a place where, like use the airplane uh, analogy. That God will take you to higher places, but there'll be people you need to leave behind to go up there. And along the way, you're going to have to figure out how to make a sacrifice. And we need to understand that we must trust that God will what? Again, provide. Because he loves us so. He loves us so. So let not fear reign in you. Let not fear have its tentacles and strangle your gifting, your purpose, and the grace of God in your life. Work this thing, walk this thing, and watch this thing come to pass. Back to you, Coach. Man, that oh, is good. Amen. You know, Coach Andy, that, that has been a stumbling block for a lot of guys out here. I see the questions popping up about trusting, trusting. And 
I want you to break down to the guys and answer their question. When you truly find who you are in Christ, how hard is it to trust? Coach Andy, you got the mic. Well, Coach D, um, really, once you find uh, – Coach Coleman's done such a great job of just describing that. And once you find out that you come to the understanding that before the world was created, he already had a plan. He already had your play mapped out. And as you understand that perfect love, the perfect love of Christ, casts out all fear, as you understand these things that Coach Coleman, these truths, you, you can't uh, – it, it becomes hard to doubt because as you begin to walk in this, the only thing that can take your eye off of him, the, the enemy will try to take your eyes off of him and mm-hmm. get you – And that is what happens so oftentimes. And even in my life, I've just uh, found where I get all these truths. You've got to keep reminding yourselves of these things. You've got to get in fellowship with brothers. Like, I love how, you know, you and Coach Tut, and then getting together with uh, Men of Purpose and uh, MMTI, we get together and we encourage one another. We remind each other because alone you'll get distracted. You'll get overwhelmed. And we hold each other up and just keep reminding each other of these truths that you just can't. If you hate on second Timothy one nine, you just, I mean, you can't fail. I mean, if you trust in him, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, he'll guide you in all your ways. And, you know, you just cannot fail. It's, it's the problem is remembering this. It's remembering the playbook. You gotta keep going back and reminding yourself and not letting the enemy distract you. You know, one of the examples to me was Peter, when he got out and he walked on the water and, to, get to his credit, he was the only one that got out of the boat, mind you. There was a bunch of disciples right. in them. But he got out, and he he is the only disciple that walked on the water. And he got distracted by the storm around him. He started looking at other things besides Jesus. And if we will just mm-hmm. learn to keep our eyes on Jesus and keep men in our lives that help us to keep focused on Jesus and encourage one another, and that's really God's plan is just to have us just linked up with men that can encourage and because it's not a single sport. We're a team sport, you know. That's why we got the locker room. We got offense. We got defense. We got people play all different, uh, all different parts of this game, and we're all doing it together. And so we need each other. And uh, it's just yeah, it's a good question, but we just need to stay focused and just uh, keep our eyes on Christ. Hey Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Coach, I say step three because I know step three, you have helped me out with this step in my life. And I want you to help the guys out here today. When you find your identity in Christ, you will have no need to judge or compare yourself to others when we are seeking to prove, please Christ alone in whom our identity is 
hidden. Now, I'm going to read this verse, Coach Tutton. I want you to break it down for the guys because you've helped me out quite a bit. And that's going to come out of Romans 15 or 14, 5 through 8. And I believe this is the ESV. One person esteems one day better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind that one who observes the day observes in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us, for none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then... Whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord. Now, I wanted to break it down. I'm going to be a little harsh on these guys today because we got to get them to put the big boy draws on. How do we do this? And why do men fail at this, Coach Tut? Break it down for them. Ooh. Uh Trying to find, well, I guess the gloves are off at this point. Um, yeah, come on. Come on. You know, when we, when we commit, when we accept and submit ourselves under the lordship of God, you know, we we stop focusing on, or we have to stop focusing and even acknowledging all the the chaos of this world, all the you know, we're, all the conspiracy theories, the different governmental things, uh, whatever uh, whatever other chaos the devil is trying to stir up, you know, we have to put that off to the side because at the end of the day, you either believe the word of God or you don't. You know, you either walk the scripture and accept it as full truth, not cherry picked throughout the Bible. You know, you, you, through a holistic view of the Bible, through a holistic understanding of it, where you you accept every bit of it, you don't worry about what other people are doing. You don't worry about what's going on in the world because you're able to find that joy that comes from knowing that you're walking the path that God has for you. Amen. You know, we have to my, – my cousin Elise always had a saying – you know, glance at the problems, but gaze at Jesus. And it's it's biblical. It's, you know, it's a great foundation because you have to keep your eyes focused. The You know, we have no control over what the world does. The only thing that we have control over is our response to it. And our response has to be coming from a foundation of a relationship with God. Amen. You know, when it and just just as a quick add on to what uh Coach Lass was saying, you know, when it comes to trusting God, looking to the past makes it easier for us to trust God going forward. You know, where we're able to look at our lives and see where He's carried us from through situations where we thought that we were helpless, that we thought that there was no way that we were gonna survive it, and looking back and seeing God's hand move on it. That makes it so much easier as we progress forward because the challenges are still going to come. That's, you know, when you're walking the path of God, you get attention from two people. You get attention from God, 
He's going to give you coverage. He's going to give you grace as you walk that path, but you're also going to get attention from the enemy because he's terrified of what you can do. You know, but as we as we look to the past and see where God's moved, it makes it a whole lot easier for us to trust him going forward. Well, I'll kind of leave it at that right now. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Coaches, this brings us to step four, and I'm going to need the whole staff in on this one because this one is a doozy. And I think this one is the one that men really struggle with a lot. And I'm not just talking about those that out there are searching. I'm talking about those that have may have known their identity or believed what their identity was. They may have walked with their identity, but now for some reason they've stepped back. Step four in knowing your identity in Christ. We must be confident when the trials come to know that they always produce an eternal value. And I'm going to go to Romans 8, 16, and 17. And I need all hands on deck to break this one down because we're going to hit it from all angles today before we get off this show. Romans 8, 16, and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I'm going to go one more on 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Coach Coleman, I mean Coach Newton. Yes, sir. It's a doozy, man. We got to get it down because there's a lot of guys struggling with this. And it's a great value of importance. Break it down. I know I'm in Christ, but I'm suffering. Give him a lifeline. Come on, Coach Newton. You got the mic. Well, the most important thing, and I know we're running out of time. So the most important thing you have to realize is that you can't do it by yourself. You have to realize that you need your lifeline. Who's your lifeline? Well, I don't have a daddy. I can't really call the pastor because he's too busy. Uh, my homeboys, they still out in the street slinging, so who I can count on? Well, I got news for you. God has been sitting at that table, that seat, that bench, on top of that desk, on your dresser, for the longest time, you didn't allow him to speak to you. You've blatantly ignored the play. He wanted to give you the play to get out of your situation, but you choose to ignore it. So, that's the hard truth. But the real truth is, is when you listen to the voice of God You don't have to pray An elaborate prayer You don't have to get all super deep And go to the next dimension All the church stuff When you just have a dialogue 
a conversation with God. I'm telling you from personal experience. I didn't have to talk about Shandays and Hondays, rainbows and streams. I didn't have to go through all that. All I did was talk to him. When I talked to mm-hmm. him in plain English or Spanish or wherever nationality you are from, he listens to your heart. And I've been saying this this whole show, Coach, but your heart posture is key. You have to give God your heart because I'm telling you, he's the only one that's never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to throw shade on no one's relationship, but that's one relationship that will never go dry. That's one relationship that will always be there for you no matter what. So in order for you to live your life, in order for you to live out your purpose, you have to execute the play. You have to develop a relationship. You have to have your heart posture right, and you have to put your pride aside so God can do the work. So that's what I got, Coach D. That's my final play from the offensive line. So back to you. Hey, Amen. Coach Coleman, this is a big question, man. This is a big one here. The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with him, then we also may glorify, be glorified together. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Coach Coleman, guys out there hurting, and they're wondering, is it easier to continue with their identity in Christ or go backwards where it was easy in the world? Let's help them out, Coach. Get them back in here. You have the mic. Somebody told me once to choose your heart, that I choose your heart. You said, what do you mean choose your heart? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, going back in the world, you might think it's easy, but that's hard. It's hard out there when you actually start taking and tallying up what it's going to cost you to live a life devoted to your flesh. When you start living a life and you realize the, the things that you're going to end up sacrificing, the things that you're going to lose, the things that you're not going to be able to keep, and, and it seems like things will just slip through your fingers. You say, well, no, bro, I'm going to have a nice job. I'm going to have a nice girl. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. And you know what? When mm-hmm. you don't have good identity and a good character, all these things will fade away. There's another scripture that says specifically, a man who is able to guard his his, if you will, be able to guard his temperament is better than a, a really rich man. You, when you are not, when you're not being governed by the by the God of all creation, you are living a hard life. I'll give you an example. You look at somebody who's been in Christ for 30 years, uh, and you go to your class reunion, and you look at somebody else who's been outside of Christ for 30 years, and you put yourself one by one in the mirror, and you look at the wrinkles on their face. You look at how they live their mm. lives, and many times that they've gone through the worries, the ups and the downs, and they don't know what's going to happen next. And people living from day to day, not knowing if they're going to live or die. This is a that's a hard way to live. They don't tell you. Nobody bothers to 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 acquiesce and 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 or to come down and, and tell you, hey, yeah, I'm I'm kind of scared. 
I'm living in fear mm-hmm. each day. I don't know what's going to happen. That's a hard life to live in fear. Listen, you don't need to live in fear. It's time to live in faith. For the just shall live by faith. And if you are a son of God, why would you throw such a great salvation away? That's the question. Why would you throw this gift away? It's given to you. You might as well take it and, and just let it inhabit every part of your being so that you'll know what you ought to be. You ought to be a son of his. And you ought to be able to stand on this word. And you ought to be able to take full advantage of every single one of his promises. You ought to be the head and not the tail. You ought to be above and not beneath. You ought to be the lender and not the borrower. You ought to be these things that your house might be blessed. These are the things you ought to be. So listen, I'm just going to say, you say, well, it's hard trying to, it's only hard trying to deal with your flesh. I think uh, you just spoke about it, Coach Newton. But here's my, it's hard, y'all. It's hard not not to, to deal with my flesh and to say, no, listen, here it is. Here's meekness. Meekness, and we already went over this, Coach D. Meekness is the mm-hmm. absence of pride and the presence of power. Mm-hmm. Meekness is the absence of pride and the presence of power. Lay your pride down. Lay your flesh down. Lay all that stuff down that you think you need and give God his due, right? And watch him come through for you. So, yeah, this is something difficult, and the only reason it's hard is because you're abandoning your old thoughts for new ones. So trust him that that he might fill you with new wine and give you new ideas, new concepts. And the scripture says even witty inventions to help you be before kings of the land. Go ahead. Excel your life by being with Christ. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Coach Laugh, we got to help him out. I heard Coach G D say I was a joint heir with Christ. But if I'm a joint heir, why, is, why am I going through all this? Help him out there, Coach. Hey, Coach D. I'm glad to ask. In what I really like about this scripture is it says that we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And that reminds me of a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, where the writer of Hebrews tells us to let us fix our eyes on Jesus. This is verse two. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We are to consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That is our promise that we will not grow weary or lose heart if we consider this because we are sharing in that same glory. You know, our Savior is seated in glory and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You know, James tells us to rejoice when we sure he says consider it pure joy whenever we face trials because we know that the testing of our faith helps the perseverance we need and uh we can become mature and complete we really need that in order to properly mature in order to be you know it's like uh going out training every day um practice if we don't practice our sport we're going to get we're not going to be able to take on the big team but as we practice and we endure and persevere through this, we're going to be tough, toughened up to be able to take on the strongest of teams. 
Amen. Amen. Coach Stutt, we got to get back out on the field. We just got about a couple minutes left. Share with the guys real quick, get with them, what kind of glory can come in my suffering? Let's go. We got to get ready to get back. Coach, Coach Stutt, you got the mic. You know, when you have a when you have a relationship with Jesus, when you've really submitted to him, then no matter what what struggles the enemy tries to throw at you, you may not always be happy, but you can always find joy. And that joy Woo! only comes from a relationship with God. You know, when we talk about laying things down in the flesh where, you know, just like Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son because he trusted God, the only sacrifice that God asks us to make is the sacrifice of our old selves, to be willing to lay that right. down and follow him. And so the question sure. that you have to ask is what in your life that you're hanging on to right now is worth more than your eternal salvation? Mm. What is that what is that sin that you've allowed to become an idol in your life that you put above all the beautiful things that God has the creator that made you what is it that you've put above him that you're willing to hang on to rather than guarantee your salvation with him forever? Wow. 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 Good stuff. Hey, man. Well, hey, to those of you that tuned in, I thank you. I pray that the Holy Spirit has been quickening you that this what you receive today is going to help you out. But just like any good plan, play, drawn up on the board, at the end of the day, it's about execution. If it's just left on the board, it's just left on paper, then it's just another good plan and theory going away. But we're praying that you will execute the things that you heard today by faith that will make things start turning around for you. Hey, coaches, thank you. It's been an amazing time. Thank you, folks, for listening in. You are in the locker room. We're going to get back on this field of life. We're going to go out this second half, and we're going to grind and grind and grind till we get that W in our column, and that W has Jesus for that victory. Well, I thank you. This is Coach D again for tuning in to the locker room. Catch us out there on whatever podcast streaming platform you like or TPV. Um, um, radio network we can hear us there God bless you we love you and Father God I just thank and praise you Lord for this time that we have together that the men that are listening to this will be infused with your spirit that there will be something that breaks the yoke that they've been holding on and I just ask you Lord to continue to uplift them and cause them to grow as we come together again for this we thank and praise you in Jesus almighty name well God bless you we thank you for tuning in. This is the Large Room, Coach D. I'm out. God bless you.
KPV Radio, Central Texas.